be the moderator tonight. I'm Laura Schlickman. I'm on the board of the Rockbridge Community Planning Council. I want to thank you all for coming, especially after a fairly last-minute change of venue. Uh, we It's basically a turnkey operation for us. The League is doing all the work. We are so appreciative, and we're also very appreciative of the church of, for coming through with the venue a day and a half before the event. Um, so again, this is Sandra Threlfall, and I would appreciate it if she could just name the League of Women Voters people here, but please don't applaud because it's quite a list. But at the end, at the end of the introduction, please do applaud, and tonight at nine, before you leave, please give them a big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura, and, and thank you, RCPC. Rockbridge Community Planning Council. It's a great name. Um, my name is Sandra Threlfall, and I am with the League of Women Voters of Oakland. Now, for this type of event, you are hearing from the, the nonpartisan part of the League. We have two halves. <laughs> the nonpartisan takes no position on candidates, and then we have an active advocacy arm that can take position on ballot issues. But again, we do not endorse candidates. The purpose of the League is to encourage participation. And this has been a critical issue in California. We've had recent elections as low as 25% turnout. Hopefully for a presidential election, we can do better this time. This forum is, so this forum is presented by Voter Service and the Education Wing. Again, neutral, no positions. We just want you to have the opportunity to meet the candidates. And I hope they can find us. Um, the, the change of location was a last minute crisis, but I think we're getting through it. Um, at this time, tonight we're going to have two forums. District 1 with Dan Cal and Mr. Corbett. And then at 8 o'clock will be the at-large seat where we have four candidates. Rebecca Kaplan, Frances Hummel, Margaret Moore, and Nancy Seibotham. Um, Mr. Kwan was unable to make this date, so he will not be here. If the candidate, if Mr. Kalb and Mr. Corbett are here, would you come forward, please? Pick a chair, and a chair. Which one of us gets to play the drums? Yeah. Uh, and I guess just put it.
then uh, let the game begin. Please, if you have cell phones, turn them on vibrate or off. And no applause. I think there's going to be a lot of exciting points made by these two candidates, and we have to show restraint. This is important. We have a We have question sorters, timers, and collectors. So, yes. I'm a collector for people to know if you have a question. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, if you need a card, raise your hand. If you have a card to turn in, raise your hand. That way, we can keep it moving. Gentlemen, tonight um, we're going to give you 90 seconds for your introductory statement and then two-minute answers for each of the questions. So this is going to get serious. We're looking forward to it. Um, Mr. Corbett, through question number one, well, through the position number one, and so if you would like to make your introductory statement, 90 seconds. What is this? Thank you very much and good evening everybody. Thank you for coming out. Um, my name is Kevin Corbett, uh, candidate for Oakland City Council. I am a first time candidate, never run for political office before. Uh, I am a probate attorney involved in private practice, which I've been doing for 30 years, as well as raising my family and volunteering in my community. Um, I am a native of Oakland. I'm actually a, a member of the third generation of my family to have lived here, which explains why I have such a passion for our city. I think all of us live, uh, here in this room tonight uh, also have a passion for our city. That's why we're here. Um, Oakland is such a great city. It's filled with uh, so many creative people, caring people, um, but we haven't re reached our potential. Oakland has a lot of unrealized potential. We have several nagging problems that we haven't solved over many years. And my belief is that the reason for that is we don't have efficient government. In my opinion, because our city government is not run in an efficient manner, we're not able to provide the basic services that we're all paying for, such as maintenance of city streets, such as adequate police services, which would, if we did have adequate police services, we'd be able to solve the crime problem, and our city would flourish. And I think I'm out of time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Corbin. Mr. Cal, if you'd like to come forward. And the signs are Good evening. Thank you all for being here. I want to thank the League of Women Voters and Rockridge Community Planning Council for hosting this and, of course, the church uh, for literally hosting this. Um, I've been on the council, as many of you know, I've been on the council for just one term, four years. When I ran for office uh, about four years ago, I said I was going to do my best, work hard, and do my best to accomplish a number of things. Uh, knowing, of course, that you can't accomplish everything you want to accomplish and solve all the problems in just four years, obviously, we all know that. 
Uh, but I think I made some progress on a number of things. Uh, in 2012, 2013, uh, those two years were considered one of the highest um, crime years, two of the highest crime years that the city has had in a long time, especially armed robberies and strong armed robberies here, here, here in uh, Rockridge and other parts of North Oakland and throughout our city. Uh, so we focused on crime, and that was has been my focus. That's been my top priority since the entire time I've been here. I have supported uh, more funding for police academies, uh, more funding, and I got into the budget more funding for crime investigators. Uh, we still have a long way to go, but uh, top crime is is continues to be my top priority. At the same time, we have to make sure that our police force is a police force that is well is a well-staffed and well-trained, and we can't tolerate misconduct to the extent that there is misconduct among our police officers. That's why I authored Measure LL on the ballot at the police commission. Uh, I've worked on a number of other issues. I took the lead on a number of housing affordability issues. I took the lead on stopping the coal trains from coming into Oakland. We're working on a number of issues. I have to stop now, but I'm happy to talk about more of those as we move on. Boy, that's quick. Thank you so much. All right, so the first question this evening for our candidates. Affordable housing. What would you do to make housing more affordable in Oakland, Mr. Corbin? is a very important uh, topic right now. And the, the only solution, in my opinion, to the housing crisis is to build as much housing as we possibly can. The, the obvious problem we have that's causing the, the affordability crisis is that the demand far exceeds the supply. Um, so there's, there's the only way to put a dent in that is to build housing. Um, and the city of Oakland has to have, has to take a very active role in that, particularly affordable housing. Our city has always been a diverse city. That's, that's, that's probably our greatest strength. So not probably, I, I believe it is our greatest strength. And it's very important that we, that we um, sustain that, that we keep our diversity, not only diversity of culture, but diversity of income as well. Um, it's important that we have housing available for all, all income levels. And so uh, the city has to make sure that definitely on any city-owned land we should have as much affordable housing, uh, even 100% even, uh, affordable housing on city-owned property and do everything possible to encourage the development of as much housing as possible um, in order to make room for the people that want to live here, we're going to have to go up. Um, if, if we're going to put a dent in the affordability crisis, you're going to see our skyline change. Um, there's really, there's no room for us to go out, so we're going to have to go up. So, uh, to answer that question, what we need to do is encourage uh, as much housing as we possibly can. We're already way behind. Thank you. Mr. Cal, would you like me to repeat the question? No. Okay. Thank you. So, housing affordability. Uh, 
I would say in general terms, I am in agreement with uh, Mr. Corbett, although specifics uh, matter. Um, but housing affordability has become one of the top issues, if not the top issue, in addition to, to public safety uh, in our city, and in many cities in, in the Bay Area. That's why uh, at, even though in the past year and a half, two years, all council members in the mayor's office and everybody's talking about housing affordability, I started talking about it more than two years ago. In fact, in my first year in office, I wrote the law that requires 25% of our former redevelopment, what are called boomerang tax funds that come back to the city to be earmarked exclusively for affordable housing. I, I was the author of a tenant protection ordinance that we passed in 2014 uh, to give additional protections for renters. I support the mayor's uh, uh, House Oakland um, strat set of strategies, as well as the previous mayor's set of strategies that never really got implemented, uh, to deal both with the ownership side in terms of uh, uh, building more housing, including housing for all, of, all affordability levels, all income levels, and protecting renters. If we only do one without the other, then we will lose that rich diversity that we care so much about in our good city. And so um, there are 15,000 renters that we are tasked with, protect with protecting, and that's why I'm supporting a number of renter protection, uh, additional renter protection laws and re regulations that will help, uh, help those renters and make sure they don't get displaced. In terms of uh, more affordable housing, I want to build more housing at all income levels. That includes uh, those who are uh, at the moderate income level, teachers, lower income level, at all income levels. And I, I encourage development. While we have to make sure that, it, that the development fits into the community and looks nice, and there are some developments that are happening or planned that are just going to be ugly. We need more housing, but it should be at, at the expense of ugly developments. So let's make sure it looks nice and fits into the community, but I do support uh, more housing and that uh, we lost two teachers at Emerson Elementary School because they couldn't afford to live here. Mm -hmm. People who work here should be able to live here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. On that note, the Oakland General Plan calls for high-density development along transit corridors and at hubs. Rockbridge BART Station is a priority development area. Do you favor putting higher-density development around College and the Rockbridge BART Station? My answer to that question is yes, because we have to. Um, if, we, if we don't build housing, um, if, if we think the cost of living is high now, just, just wait. Um, the, the people are coming. So we, we have to do it. Um, it, it. The neighborhood has to have input into it. It has to be done responsibly. Um, but we have to have higher density housing not only here, but everywhere. And obviously it makes sense to, um, to put as much housing as possible near uh, our transportation corridors, such as the Rockbridge Park Station. So the answer is yes. It's really uh, not so much a question, but a, a, a prediction. Uh, because it's going to happen. We're going to get more housing uh, in many parts of our city, especially in places where they're considered transit hubs. The question is, how much more? And in, the amount of additional housing that we might have within a quarter mile of the Rockbridge Park Station isn't necessarily the same level of, of 
density and, or height that you would see at the MacArthur BART station or, or Fruitvale BART station. And so, yes, there's going to be more housing built uh, in and around Rockridge, and that's going to happen whether we, we you know, quote, want it or not. It will happen. But uh, we have to make sure that we be smart about how it happens and how much of it happens depending on the different neighborhoods. And so, you know, it's part of my job and the Planning Commission's job, and there are, I think, at least one Planning Commissioner actually lives in Rockridge, maybe more, uh, to make sure that when future developments are proposed and approved, that they uh, are done with community input. And one thing that I support, actually, and I intend to introduce with one of my colleagues early next year, uh, is a law to require some better noticing and uh, uh, additional public, uh, additional of, addition of additional of um, more public input into the process, the planning commission process. I think the amount of public input into the planning commission process for significant size projects is, is, is unsatisfactory and I want to improve the, the public noticing and community input. But that doesn't mean I want to oppose projects. It means I just want to make sure people have a say in the, in the matter. So there will be more uh, housing uh, all over our city. We need it. It needs to fit into the neighborhoods. And I think we can make that happen while still having some level of additional density. Thank you. This is the one that we don't like to talk about. One of the ones that we don't like to talk about. City pension liability. We are $2 billion of unfunded pension liability. Now that means everybody that worked for the city of Oakland who has retired is anticipating a regular paycheck, pension check. What will you, what action will you take to deal with this? Uh, this, the answer to this question gets to my point of government efficiency. Um, we, we, we have this obligation coming up, it's a contractual uh, obligation. Um, and so the, this is a contract that has to be honored. Um, we we have no choice if if we if we're not if, if we don't if the city isn't able to pay off these contracts, then we face the possibility of what other cities across the country have been faced with, which is possible bankruptcy because there's not enough money to pay these obligations. So efficiency is is vital. Uh, efficiency is vital so that we can provide the services that are required. Um, but this is this is one of the things that has to be provided. Um, we we have to we have to be able to pay off these contractual obligations. So um, we we can't change it. We nor should we because these are contracts that people uh, that were agreed to in the past and uh, folks have worked and they've retired and they're entitled to these benefits. So we have to find a way to pay them off and we can't possibly do it unless we become efficient. So Oakland needs to become, Oakland can become a very efficient and well-run city. And if, if I am elected to council on District 1, that will be my highest priority is to change our city government from what we have now to a city government that is very well run and efficient. Thank you. 
So we have a, a number of different funds or, or portions that are part of these so-called long-term liabilities or retirement-related liabilities. Uh, and only one of them is really at a place that is a serious issue uh, still. It's not quite, it's not really two million any longer, uh, two billion any longer, although it's still a lot. Uh, but we've made some progress. But I'm saying that because we've made actually some progress in the past couple of years in taking actions that uh, reduce our, uh, our risk um, over time with uh, some of those areas, uh, including the, the, the former um, police and fire retirement system, which still exists. The one, the one area that is still a, a big problem, which we haven't yet resolved, is our uh, former our retiree employee health care fund. Uh, there's a whole sort of, all sorts of acronyms for it, but that's the area of our long-term abilities that we still haven't yet found a long-term solution for. But let's, let me be clear, though. It's not like we owe $2 billion right now. It's, these are the projections over a period of, of decades, uh, certainly long, long term, as to what we may owe and the projections in terms of how far along do we think we'll be at a certain pace to be able to pay those off. Um, I supported and I still support uh, a rainy day fund for Oakland. We created what I would call a modest rainy day fund a couple of years ago uh, that uh, then council member, now Mayor Schaaf, when she was a council member, that she put forward and I strongly supported that, but I think it doesn't go far enough. A rainy day fund ensures that on good years you're setting aside a certain amount of money to go uh, for the future that you would use to avoid layoffs in the future when there are, when there are recessions happening, uh, or and set aside some of those money, some of those funds for our long-term pension obligations. Uh, the, the most important of which, in terms of our need to deal with that we haven't yet dealt with, are, is the healthcare the re healthcare fund for our retirees, and that's the one where we haven't yet found that solution. Uh, the other, the other ones we have, or we've done a lot of progress. So, thank you. Trees in the Oakland Hills. I don't know how many of you were here for the big fire, but right now the city is proposing that we cut down trees in the hills to prevent another fire. Do you support this position? Thank you. Yes, I, I was um, actually recently approached by some folks who um, are very knowledgeable on this issue. And uh, as, as it was explained to me, the, uh, there is a plan in place um, to uh, take down a large number of the eucalyptus trees that are in the hills. Um, uh, supposedly on the basis that this will make, uh, make things more fire safe. However, um, the, the folks that I've heard from, including um, uh, retired, um, retired firefighter and um, other folks who uh, suffered through the, uh, the Oakland Hills fire, are opposed to this. Um, what they say, what they say the plan is, is to almost decimate the canopy of trees in the Oakland Hills. And in order to ensure that the trees do not grow back, to apply, a, you'd have to apply a certain type of pesticide in order to keep them from coming back. Um, so that does not sound like a good plan to me. Um, the, the, what the, what the, uh, the fire personnel that uh, I spoke with informed me of 
was that the, the best way of fire management is to maintain the forest, to um, make sure that, that um, you clean up the forest, um, not, not to just cut down the trees. And in fact, there's an argument that when you have an open space area, that a fire can actually <coughs> spread in an open space area, whereas uh, trees can be above them. So I think there's a lot of discussion that and a lot of people uh, aren't fully informed of this issue. And, okay, it's an issue that needs to be fully discussed. Thank you for that. Thank you for that question. I, I do support this plan, and I, I'm, I'm actually a little disturbed that, that my opponent uh, hasn't received all the information that he needs to receive, and, and maybe it's my responsibility to make sure he gets it. Um, I, I fully support the plan. It's been a plan that actually has been vetted for, for well over 10 years, uh, and that it includes the East Bay Regional Park District, University of California, Berkeley, and a couple distinct areas for the city, in the city of Oakland. Uh, that eucalyptus trees are uh, dangerous. Uh, they have been shown to catch fire, and most, when I say most, it's like the same thing when it comes to climate change or climate change denial. Overwhelming majority of firefighting experts and firefighters uh, believe that eucalyptus trees, especially in the Bay Area, Northern California, are not helpful and are a risk, a danger when it comes to wildfires. And if anybody lived up in the, lived up in the hills during the fire, during the 1991 fire, I'm sure you saw some examples of these problems. I've talked to a lot of people. Most people I've talked to who live in the hills uh, support this plan. Um, at the Sierra Club, a very long-standing environmental organization and, and several other environmental organizations support this plan. And so we have to be very careful what we do. Uh, and there do, it does include a temporary uh, a painting of uh, herbicide on the tree stumps. No, no spraying, and it's not hundreds of thousands of trees, it's more than tens of thousands. So there is some exaggeration going on by, by the opponents uh, and some legal law lawsuits. But the re reality is that over one majority of people and experts who've looked at this support it. The, as far as I can tell, a majority of the people uh, who live in the fire, what we call the fire area, um, also support this. And so I don't take cutting trees lightly. I'm a long-standing environmentalist back in college days and the organizations I've worked for. But I think this is something that we have to do to protect our, and other things as well, to protect uh, the wildfire area and people who live up in the hills. So I realize there are a few people who are against it for their own reasons, but I think a lot of misinformation has been, has been got out there and we need to correct that information because it, it is a good plan. Thank you. What is your position on the police commission ballot measure and why? Mr. Cor Mr. Corbett? <laughs> I am not in favor of the police commission. Um, one of the reasons for that is that, in, in my opinion, it is an, it's undemocratic. Uh, what we did as a city several years ago when Jerry Brown was mayor was we um, um, voted in a strong mayor form of government because we wanted to have a mayor who had the authority to make important decisions. This is very important because if the mayor takes actions that we don't approve of, we then have the opportunity to vote the mayor out of office. What this proposed police commission would do would be to take a lot of the authority away from the mayor uh, to hire and fire a chief of police. 
Now, in my opinion, the, the chief of police, uh, the police department is the most important department we have in the city because it's the, it's the department that involves public safety. Um, so it's the, the, it's the mayor's job to hire and fire the chief of police. If this, if this proposed commission um, gets voted in, then that authority would be transferred to a commission of unelected folks, people who are appointed by politicians. And if we don't like the decisions that the police commission makes, there's nothing we can do about it. Because we didn't elect them, therefore we can't vote them out of office. Um, another important factor is that According to the city auditor, the total cost of the proposed commission is over $2 million a year. I don't believe that we, we need a police commission. I'd rather see that money used efficiently uh, for our infrastructure and for increasing police services. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, well, as many of you know that I and one of my colleagues, Councilman Gallo, are the authors of this police commission measure that we've worked uh, very closely with uh, a broad coalition to put it together. It passed the council unanimously. Uh, our current mayor supports this, uh, this commission, uh, Mayor Schaaf, she supports the measure LL on the ballot. Um, and we, can, we wrote it very carefully because there were some people in the community who wanted us to make it completely independent in City Hall. And I said, no, we need appropriate checks and balances. We, not, we, need, we have to make sure that the mayor gets some of the appointments. We have to make sure that while this new commission will be involved in the hiring and firing, that the mayor still is involved as well. So the mayor gets to make the final decision when it comes to hiring or firing, uh, hiring a new police chief, and the mayor could still fire the police chief under this new commission model. But what the commission model does is create a, additional oversight that other cities have, have, have with some varying success, but for the most part, most people in those cities feel that it's better to have the commission than not. Uh, we need civilian oversight. We know we, we want our, our police department to do the things we want police to do, to investigate crimes, to be more present in the neighborhoods, uh, to, to, you know, to fight crime, right? Uh, we also want our police department to not engage in misconduct or to, to not uh, have willy-nilly policies that are not really effective. So this police commission will have a role uh, an advanced role when it comes to uh, looking at um, officers who engage in serious misconduct, and that's something new. We can't always rely on the Internal Affairs Division to do that. This police commission will also be able to set policy in some police-related matters, but it allows the council as a check and balance to review that before it goes into effect. So it's a, it's a strong commission model, it has appropriate checks and balances, it, does, it involves policy making, hiring and firing to some extent, and police discipline. It's not the only thing we need to do, but it will help uh, add, build trust in the community. And by the way, the additional cost beyond what we're already spending today on related matters is well under a million dollars, not two million, uh, because we're transferring some certain, some existing things already. So it's, a, it's actually a, a cost-effective idea. Have you been endorsed by any of the city's municipal unions? If so, which ones? That's an easy one for me. I have not been endorsed by any of the unions. Um, in my opinion, what that means is uh, I'm independent. 
I'm not beholden to any, any unions. And the only people that I'm beholden to would be the voters of District 1 if you decide to elect me. Thank you. Uh, yes, I've been endorsed by the uh, Firefighters Union and the Service Employees International Union of uh, Local 1021, uh, which is m the majority of our uh, public employees. I have not been endorsed by the Police Officers Association. Um, probably not a surprise there. Even though I've been very strong when it comes to police matters, wanting more police academies, wanting to hire police, more crime investigators, I've been very strong in wanting to make sure that we, we fight crime. Um, because of this police commission thing, they're now less likely to, to be supportive of me. Uh, and the reality is that if you can't be in, in office, take someone's campaign contribution and uh, endorsement and their assistance, if you can't do that and then vote against them six months later, then you shouldn't be running for office. And I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable doing that. Uh, I'm happy to get people's endorsements, but I never vote for any organization or any union 100% of the time. Uh, I look at things on a case-by-case -case basis. I'm proud of that. I, I have a strong sense of integrity, and I will continue to do that. So I'm endorsed, endorsed by two public employee unions and a few private unions, too. I don't know if you wanted those as well. Healthcare workers and so on. All right. Thank you. Justice. City. <laughs> Justice. Okay, here's the fun one. What is your view of Oakland's work to maintain our sports teams? <laughs> Can you give a more thoughtful answer than no public money? Um, we're looking for an answer, your position on our sports teams. Raiders and A's, please. Mr. Corbin. because they're still here. They have not moved, to my understanding. They haven't started, uh, they haven't dug any dirt over on the other side of the bay. Um, it is vital that we keep all three of our sports teams. Uh, we can't use public dollars for that. Not only can we not afford it, it's not an appropriate use of taxpayer dollars. But what city leadership should be doing is aggressively working with, with the ownership of these teams to um, come up with uh, opportunities for them to stay here. Um, the, the Coliseum site is such an amazing site uh, for uh, a sports facility. There's so much room there. What, what we see other professional teams doing, such as the Los Angeles Rams, even the San Francisco Giants across the Bay, is in order to stay competitive, they get into the development business. They develop um, uh, hotels, retail, things like that uh, to bring the fans in, to bring more revenue in. Um, the sites out there at the Coliseum would be ideal for that. Um, I, I think probably having three stadiums there is too much. Um, what I've heard on the news recently is the A's seem to be getting a lot more interested in the Jack London Square site, which would be an excellent catalyst for development down there. And we shouldn't give up on the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors' ownership, uh, seems to me, would be 
what they, what they want to do is develop a site over in San Francisco. They're already here in Oakland. Let's get them to develop the Oakland site, partner with the Raiders, and keep all three teams here. It means jobs, it means tourism dollars, and it means more revenue for the city so that we have more services. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate uh, uh, Kevin's uh, support for the work that we've actually already been doing. Uh, Coliseum City and other related matter, related ideas is exactly what our, our plan is, our, our effort is at the Coliseum site area. Yes, it does make absolute sense to have a hotel there, maybe a tech campus, certainly some re retail entertainment. That is part of the plan, but we are steadfast in saying that within the walls of a stadium, uh, whether it's football or baseball, that the city is not going to spend our money. We're not going to spend city money doing that. We don't have the money. The public doesn't want us to do that, and I don't want us to do that. So I support the mayor in her effort to be smart. We are working very hard, and some of that work necessarily happens behind the scenes. You don't always negotiate everything in public. Sometimes it's, it's a bad idea to do that. So there are negotiations underway. There are discussions underway. There are developers who are in discussion. Uh, even former uh, uh, San Francisco 49 Ronnie Lott who has access to a lot of funds is part of that discussion when it, as far as the Raiders, a new Raiders stadium. So that work is underway. Uh, I do not believe the Raiders are gonna go to Las Vegas. The NFL does not want them to. Uh, but uh, we are a large media market. Uh, Las Vegas is not a large media market. It's all about money when it comes to the NFL and most of these sports teams. So I believe we have a lot of work to do uh, and we have to work hard at that. Our mayor and our development team uh, development folks and uh, consultants are working on that. I believe we will be successful in keeping the Raiders here. And the A's, fortunately, the A's are not asking for any public subsidy. Uh, but they have to work out with the Raiders, is it gonna be at the Coliseum site or somewhere near downtown? When it comes to Jack London's, next to Jack London Square, the Howard Terminal site for the A's, if, if, that's a big if, if there's an adequate transportation plan where people can get off BART and get to that ball, new ballpark, uh, in a reasonable time frame, it's a little too far to walk, uh, then I'm open to it. But right now, I haven't seen that plan. So, but, but I'm confident we'll keep both teams here. The, the, as far as the war is concerned, it'd be great to keep them here too. We'll see. Thank you very much. <coughs> what concrete steps have you taken to improve the lives of people who live west of Highway 24 in District 1? That would be Golden Gate, I believe. What are your plans to help the underserved communities in this area in the future? Well, the plan would be to listen to them and make sure that they get the services that they're entitled to. Uh, and again, um, the way that's going to happen is by making government efficient so that the city is able to provide the services. Um, to the extent that services are not spread equally around the district, um, that's not appropriate. Um, everyone in the district deserves, uh, deserves services. Um, so, uh, to answer the question, what would I do if I'm on the city council to help those uh, west of Highway 24? Uh, make sure I'm part of the community, make sure I'm listening to their needs, make sure I address their needs. 
and make sure that services are provided equally across the district, uh, not just in one section of it. Thank you. When I ran four years ago, I, I talked about this very question. Uh, I said, not just when I was out in the Golden Gate neighborhood or Longfellow neighborhood or Santa Fe or Bushrod, but even when I was in Rockridge or, or in the North Hills, I would say that, that we're not paying enough attention to the areas west of MLK or, or 24, what have you, uh, that, that we need to pay more attention to, to there. That's a, a, a diverse, diverse set of neighborhoods. Uh, and that they're going through, they have a lot of needs there, and they really have been the stepchild of North Oakland for a long time. Uh, and I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have that. I'm going to change that. If that means that there is the perception, because of how often you might see me, of, oh, he's not paying attention to Rockridge as often. It's not true. I actually am. But I'm actually paying attention to other parts of the district more often than they were used to getting, and so it might appear to be less often here. So um, uh, we've done a lot of work there. There's a community-based coalition that really is generated by neighbors in those uh, neighborhoods there. We're looking at a planning process that is beginning to be underway, and I'm supporting that effort. I often have community meetings or town hall meetings at, in the St. Columba Church off of San Pablo or other places in, in those neighborhoods. I've had many in this part of the town as well. But uh, I make sure that if I have a community meeting or a town hall meeting or a picnic or what have you, that I, I spread it out throughout the district and pay attention to, to people throughout the district. And I, I'm proud of the fact that while I can't solve all the problems all the time and we can't get everything done right away, that I do uh, pay attention to people in, throughout the district, all the neighborhoods, and I have constant or semi-constant contact with neighborhood leaders in every neighborhood uh, in District 1, and I'm proud of that, and I will continue that. What is your position on rent control and just cause for eviction ballot measure? So, uh, as we know, we currently already have rent control and eviction control. Um, I am not in favor of the proposal uh, that's on the ballot um, because it does not address the serious problem, the serious housing problem that we have. Uh, <clears throat> what's, what's on the ballot uh, would make relatively minor changes. But one of the major problems we have with rent control in Oakland is that by virtue of state law, which supersedes uh, city law, rent control does not apply to all units. Um, it only applies to units from, I think it's 19, 1995 and older. So as a result of that, it's not, not all landlords are required to come under rent control and not all tenants are uh, protected by rent control. Um, the emphasis needs to be to do everything possible to allow folks to become homeowners, not permanent renters. Um, by becoming homeowners, people will then have a stake in the city. One of the county measures that's on the ballot this year has a proposal in it to create a fund to provide loans for low and moderate income people to 
and get a loan for their down payment. Oftentimes, that's the only thing that's missing for people to afford housing, is the down payment. So that's an excellent idea. Oakland needs to do that. We need to do everything possible in order to keep our diversity, in order to create stability, to allow folks to become homeowners, not to keep them as permanent renters. Thank you. Uh, I support Measure JJ, and I supported that, and the, the entire council supported putting that on the ballot, so you have a chance to vote on it, Measure JJ. Uh, first, let me say that we, the city already has a first-time home, home buyer uh, mortgage assistance program, although it would be great to expand that, and the county measure that you just heard about, county bond measure A1, could help us do that, so uh, please support that as well. It's an affordable housing bond throughout the entire county of Alameda. Um, I, I've taken a, a, a lead role in really helping uh, to work on affordable housing policies and on rental protection policies, and the research done by a number of folks across the board show that if we care about the people who live here, whether the renters or homeowners, and want to reduce displacement and make sure people who work here can live here, it's not just one or the other. It's not just build more housing with a whole bunch of it being below market rate. We should definitely do that, and I've taken a lead on that since, I, since I've elected office. We also have to protect the people who live here. There are some people who live here who will never be able to afford something in our current market, or even in future markets. It's so expensive. So we need to have protections for renters who work here. And unfortunately, while we have some rent control, and, and he's right about the state law prohibiting certain, th certain changes, we should try to change state law if possible, uh, but we, have, we were generally considered to have weaker renter protections in a number of neighboring cities uh, and other cities throughout the state. And so we looked at that carefully. There were a whole bunch of measures that some advocacy groups tried to put forward, and we said, whoa, 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 some of that stuff doesn't make sense or it's going too far, but we came up with a good package that will add more protections for renters in a fair manner, and I strongly support that, because if we don't do that, some people, some of the less scrupulous landlords, and most landlords are perfectly great people doing a job and running a business, but there are some around town and around the Bay Area who are not that. And we have to make sure that we have enough protections in place to protect the people who live here in those rental units to make sure they're not displaced. And I support Measure JJ. Thank you. Well, the time for questions is over, and now we will have an opportunity for closing statements from our two candidates. And it would be one minute each. Well, you can spend the one minute however you want. Just to sum up quickly, um, Oakland. We can have the Oakland that we want. We can have the, the peaceful and prosperous city that we all want. In my opinion, it, become, it, it begins with making city government efficient. Once city government becomes efficient, we can provide the services we need. We can solve our problems. We can solve the crime problem. We can maintain our infrastructure. When that happens, we can aggressively and successfully recruit jobs and businesses of all kinds for all of our residents. Oakland will flourish with efficiency. So the result of an efficient Oakland will be a peaceful and a prosperous Oakland. I respectfully ask for your vote on November the 8th. Thank you.
four years, uh, very hard. My wife says I work too hard. My wife's sitting right there, Val. Um, and I, I just wanted to say that I, I, I enjoy the work most of the time, and I'm asking for your vote again so I can work for another four years for you and everybody else in, in, in North Oakland and the entire city. Um, I mentioned that we talked about public safety a little bit. We talked about housing affordability a lot. Um, I want to make sure to touch on a couple other things. I, I think I, you heard me say that I took the lead on stopping the coal trains. But the one thing that I did that, that's not getting a lot of play, I want to let you know about, that I got into the budget and started a new innovative program and a true partnership with the Oakland Unified School District mm -hmm. to reduce chronic absenteeism and truancy in our elementary schools, which is a big problem, believe it or not, in many schools around town. Uh, and so I called OUSD, I said, if I could get money into our budget to hire a couple social workers to work with families of chronically absent and truant uh, children, will you match that? And I got them to say yes, and now we have a partnership that we've never had before, to working with families of schools that are, have a lot of chronic absenteeism. I have to stop now, but please come to me afterwards. Happy to talk with more. I ask for your vote once again. Thank you so much. take a 10-minute break so everybody can breathe deeply, drink water, whatever, while we uh, get ready for the at-large seat, which will start at 8 o'clock. Thank